Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church. My name is uh, Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, I have the privilege of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with you. Thanks for listening, and if you'd like to support the ministry, the mission that God is doing here in the uh, Lincoln Park area through St. James, please go to our website and uh, donate online. Thanks for listening. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? In the name of Jesus, amen. I have certain things that I, I need in order for uh, Christmas to be real for me. You know, there need, needs to be certain things need to happen, or just not Christmas. Doesn't feel like Christmas just isn't Christmas. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have something like that where you just, this, this stuff has to occur or it's just, it's just not Christmas. Uh, one thing for me is, uh, or I, I shouldn't say that, it's not so much the case anymore because I've uh, grown to be uh, uh, chagrin and not have any expectations for Christmas. But I remember as a young man, I realized that I needed to have snow for Christmas. Anybody else need to have snow? There needs to be snow on the ground. Even just a dab of it, but there needs to be snow because everybody knows that, that when Jesus was born, there was snow everywhere, right? Is anybody else like that? You need to have snow? I remember one, the first year growing up in Michigan, we regularly had snow, but not, not always. Where I grew up was not much different, I think, climate than, than Chicago. A little, more, a little more snow. But uh, one year there was no snow, and it just killed me. I mean, nothing felt like Christmas because there's no snow. Um, and uh, there's, you know, everybody know that song uh, by a bunch of people in Britain trying to help people by writing a song? Uh, <laughs> it always works out well. Do they know it's Christmas? You ever heard that one before? Do they know it's Christmas, right? And it starts out, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Thank you for the weather report, you know. And, and basically their point was, my goodness, how do Africans enjoy Christmas without snow? Okay, so there, frequently there's never snow in many places of Africa. But that's how crazy it is, right? I needed snow. I, I thought I did or else it's just not Christmas. And maybe you have something else. Maybe it's cookies, certain kind of cookie. Mom has to make that uh, certain Christmas cookie. I don't know what it is. Anybody have a certain Christmas cookie they have to eat all the time? Nathan, is there a cookie you have to have every Christmas? What is, what is it? Share it with us. Oh, classic sugar cookie. That's right. With a little frosting on it. Right. In fact, I'll be honest. Of course, do I make cookies? No. But uh, I, I seem to expect my wife to, she must make these cookies. It sounds awful, by the way, as I say it out loud. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, you know, it's just like, where are the cookies? You know, well, why don't you get up and make them? But, you know, you need to have these things where it doesn't feel like Christmas. It's not Christmas. John, I think, was kind of like that. He had expectations for what Christmas should look like. And broader than that, he had expectations for what the Christmas Savior should look like. What Christianity should look like. What God's reign should look like. He had high expectations, and I don't think that they were being met well. Luke tells us, uh, I love this passage, by the way, in chapter 7 of Luke. Apparently, uh, 
John's disciples had seen and heard some incredible things that Jesus was doing. And John the Baptist should know that Jesus was going to do these things because he's the one, right? Remember John? I mean, John was the one that was heralding Jesus coming. He was telling everybody how incredible it's going to be. Telling people that he wasn't even worthy to untie the sandals of the guy following him. He was telling people, I'm baptizing you with water, but this guy's coming. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And to the bad guys, John was, quite frankly, he was giving them some, a lot of gruff there, you know. He was kind of, uh, you know, uh, bragging about how the one following him is going to, well, who knows, uh, take care of these bad guys, these Pharisees, right? Who warned you to, 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 to flee from the coming wrath? I got a guy coming who's got a winnowing fork in his hand. He's going to wipe this place off the, he's going to wipe you off the face of this earth. And all bad people, right? I mean, he was throwing down the gauntlet about the guy that's going to come. He was raising expectations of this Jesus, right? And then he hears about these stories, how Jesus was healing. In fact, right before today's reading in 7 is maybe one of the greatest accounts in the Bible of God's act in our lives. It's the account of Jesus stopping a funeral. And literally a funeral procession with a dead body and this stranger Jesus comes up, stops it. And the widow who also now just lost her son's crying. And he says, get up. And the boy gets up and he gives him back to her mom. <laughs> This became famous. Everybody was talking about this. And so John hears about it. He's pretty impressed. But there's a little problem here. Where is John? Where's John end up? He ends up in prison, right? I mean, he has a loud mouth. He told Herod, you know, that he's wrong to just steal his brother's wife. I'll bet John felt pretty confident speaking the truth like that because he's got this guy, right? <laughs> this Jesus is coming, man. He, he probably was talking all kinds of talk, right? Because this Messiah is coming. But here's John in prison. That's not supposed to happen in John's expectations of what God's going to do in this world, right? That's not what should happen in his expectation of how the Messiah is supposed to act. He's not supposed to be in prison. He's supposed to be awesome and elevated and things going well. But here he is in prison suffering. And it didn't make sense to John. I really believe that's what's going on. John is a little frustrated because it doesn't feel like Christmas. It doesn't feel like the Savior is here. It doesn't feel like God has come to earth because I'm in prison and that bad guy Herod is doing just fine. And so he sends messengers to John, to Jesus, and he tells him, he says, hey, go ask, go ask Jesus, are you the one who's to come? Or are we to wait for another? And they came to Jesus and they said, hey, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Which might have been a little insulting to Jesus, you know? And Jesus at that moment, apparently, Luke says, he cured many people with diseases, plagues, evil spirits. He gave sight to the blind, and uh, he goes and he tells them, he says, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and what you have seen. The 
blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense of me. So he gives them a little preview, right? Oh no, I'm the one is what he's saying, right? I'm the one. And he showed them, I'm the one because I'm doing all these things that nobody else can do. Go tell John. Interestingly, (laughs) what Jesus didn't do is, John, you're free from prison. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus did all these incredible miracles and he told them to go tell John in prison that he's the Messiah. But he didn't tell them to go release John from prison. Do you see how peculiar this is for John? His expectations of who the Messiah is are not being met because he hears how Jesus is the Savior, how Jesus is God, how Jesus is doing these amazing things, and here he is stuck in prison. Does that sound like your life sometimes as a Christian? Even this Christmas season, we sing these beautiful songs, right? Hark the herald angels singing away in the manger. How beautiful. And they're all about peace and joy. The angels announced at Jesus' birth. They said, peace, right, to upon God, upon their, whom their, his favor rests, you know. These incredible promises. And we hear these songs and we see people are happy. We watch TV and programs and commercials. And we go to the mall and everybody's or wherever we go to shop. And everyone looks happy and cheerfully. Or, or they, actually, they're kind of pushy in the mall. Anyhow, but... Uh, and we look at our life, and we feel like John, because we, if, 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 if this is Christmas and they're supposed to have joy and peace, I'm not feeling it, because I just lost my job, or my job kind of stinks and I think I might, have to, I might have to leave it, or I'm getting a divorce, I'm struggling with a sin, I just had to bury my mom. What's going on? Have you ever doubted like John? Have you ever had your expectations of how God should be working in your life smashed? I certainly have. And I know many people else have had. And Christmas, it brings it out in Christmas. Because people have people have expectations that God does not meet in our lives. What do we do about that? And about Christianity. We're baptized, we're children of God, and yet we don't feel like that all the time. We don't act like that all the time, right? About St. James Church. We're God's church. But things don't all go perfectly all the time. You know, what's going on? See, we're just like John. How do we answer that? Look what Jesus does. Jesus did not get John out of prison. But Jesus did show John yet again that he is the Messiah. You see, Jesus did not come to bring justice to this world. He didn't come to condemn the world, right? If, if, uh, if Jesus came as John thought he was going to come and totally bring judgment on the world, if he came in power and might. See, if we designed a God, if man invented a religion, it would look a lot like Islam, by the way. It would be a powerful place and a powerful God that doesn't put up with bad and doesn't put up with evil, and he's going to clean this place up. That's how we would invent a religion. That's how John 
thought God was going to come. But if Jesus really came like that, who would be worthy to stand before him? Nobody. If God came in power and might like John really wanted him to do, who would be saved? No one. It's weird how we want God to be powerful and awesome and come in justice and get rid of the bad guy, and yet we don't realize that we're the bad guy. And we are. Jesus didn't come in power and glory and might like we might want him to do. But he came in gentleness and in mercy. He came to truly clean things up, clean people up. He came to die for John, for his disciples, for you, for me, for Herod. To take our place, to lay down his life. And that's really weird, man. If your expectations of God are that he is all creator and awesome and amazing and never, nothing ever goes wrong for him, and then you see God on a cross, how incredible is that? That's insane. And yet, that's exactly what happened. And when you doubt whether or not God loves you because you're going through tough times... You look to that cross. My goodness, if Jesus died for you, he probably loves you more than you do. He'll probably take care eventually of the challenges and the worries and concerns you have. And not only did he die for us, but he rose again. It's so important this time of year for us to remember the central message of Christmas and not get caught up in expectations that are superficial. And they're wonderful and they're awesome and I want snow and I love cookies. But all these expectations that we have, they're all, they'll all let us down. They really will. But if we are centered on exactly what Christmas is and that is a Savior that came in mercy and in forgiveness and gentleness and patience for all people, no matter where they come from, no matter what they have done, and has given us and bought us salvation and given us resurrection. That is something that we can have peace and hope in that the world can't take away. That's the center of our lives. And yes, we're going to go through suffering, just like John. God does not promise that your life is going to be great because you're a Christian. He does not say that everything you touch is going to turn to gold. He does not say that you're going to be healed of everything and everything you do is great. There's no promise in the Bible that says that to Christians. But he does promise that you are forgiven, period, and you will rise again. And though you may have a sad Christmas this Christmas, and though you may miss your loved one who died in the faith, a day is coming when you will be reunited. When you will enjoy and you will see what God promises in Jesus Christ. And whenever you doubt, you go to that cross where he put it on the line, and you go to that empty grave. If anybody can do that, it is Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.